The time has been fulfilled because of Jesus. I poured out the blood for you. I poured out the blood, his blood, his precious blood for you. That you would walk in completeness. That you would walk in completeness. Healing, health, wholeness, provision, wellness. Dominion, power. The realm of heaven here on earth. Wake up, oh sleeper. You're not waiting for anything. Because I've already done it. I've already done it. There is no delay. Get delay out of your hearts. Get delay out of your spirits. The minute I did the work, it was finished. The minute Jesus came, it was finished. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Repent and believe. Change your thinking. Change your thinking into the resurrected life that I've already given you. It's yours. It's yours. Here. Right now. Right now. It belongs to you. Quit letting the devil steal. I have come and I defeated him. What is it in your life that doesn't match up to my word? It's already been conquered by the blood. It's already been put down by the blood. I came so that you would have victory. I came for an open heaven shed over your life, open. No longer say that you live under, 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 under an open heaven. Say, I live in an open heaven. Say, I live in an open heaven. I live in an open heaven. Because Jesus brought the atmosphere of heaven to earth. The kingdom of God here on earth. His kingdom come, his will be done here on earth. It is time for transition. Long time, long time, long time, because I already fulfilled the time. This is not something that is far from you. It is near you. I am in your midst. I am in your midst. Do you get it? Do you get it? Do you get it? I'm in your midst. In the here and now. I have a here and now gospel. It's a here and now gospel. It's healing now. It's provision now. It's dominion now. It's kingdom reality here and now. Only believe. Only believe in what I've done for you. Thus saith the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus.
Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Let's receive what he said to us today, beloved. Let's receive what he said to us. Let's establish our hearts to walk in what he's given us. No more tormenting lies of the devil telling us that it's not ours or that we can't have it. We already have it. And any other reality is a lie. We walk in the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Fulfilling the heart of God in each one of our lives. Now, now, hallelujah. Well, beloved, I have the victory in Jesus. How about you? Good, good. Victory in Jesus, it belongs to us. It is our inherited right. It is our identity. It is who we are. Victors, victors in Jesus. Hallelujah. Okay, well, let's turn to Mark 1.15. Jesus said, the time has come, he said. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. Repent and believe the good news. In King James, it says, And saying, the time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. At hand, in your hand. In your hand. It is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. Repent ye and believe the gospel. So, that's going to be our foundational scripture for today. But I want to go into a little bit of background about what was happening before Jesus said this. Before he commanded this. So, what had just happened is Jesus had just been baptized by John the Baptist in the Jordan River. What did we learn the Jordan was? One of the things that we learned the Jordan was the place of impartation of the Holy Spirit. The place of impartation. So he had just been baptized, Matthew 3, 2. And John the Baptist had been declaring the same thing. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the desert of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, A voice calling in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. Prepare. What are we preparing? We're preparing our hearts. We're preparing our hearts for him. When we prepare our hearts, when we circumcise our hearts, we put him before all other things. 
We lay our hearts before him. Thy will, not my will. It makes straight paths in our lives for him. It's the way. It is the way to have straight paths prepared for Jesus. So after being baptized, Jesus went into the wilderness, and he was tempted of the devil. Okay, this is all background I want to give you for what we're going to learn today. This is going to help you. So he went into the, the wilderness, and he was tempted by Satan. And Satan tempted him in three areas, okay? The first area was sustenance or provision. You see, Jesus has given you victory in every one of these areas in your life. When you rely on him, when you, when you depend on him, when you fear the Lord, when you stand on the word. Okay? The first area was sustenance, provision. Now, the example here was food. But it, it, can, be, it can be any area where you need provision in your lives. Matthew 4, 2 through 4. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. That's Jesus. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written. It is written, the word. Jesus. Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus used the word. What are we going to use? We're going to use the word, just like he did. It doesn't matter what the temptation is. We're going through three of them, but it does not matter what the temptation is. You've been given the victory if you're a believer in Christ. The blood purchased you. The blood defeated the devil. Period. So, Christ makes it clear here that it is God's will to provide for you. It is God's will to give you sustenance, provision. No lack. No lack. So the example was food. That is, that is a basic, fundamental, physical need. Can't get too much more basic than that. But it applies to everything. Jehovah Jireh. Our provider. Where was the first time that that was used? In Genesis. With Abraham. He went to sacrifice Isaac. And he was getting ready to sacrifice Isaac out of obedience to the Lord in faith. And the angel came and said, lay not a hand on the boy. And the ram in the thicket was provided. It was provided. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. The second area, the second area where Satan tempted Jesus was to test God. That's a big one. It was to test God. Wow. Matthew 4, 5 through 7. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written. Isn't it amazing how even the devil tries to use the word? You see, but we go by more than one, one we go by two or more witnesses, don't we? 
right? So he, he will always come as a liar. He will try to pervert the word. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Now that's scripture. Jesus answered him. It is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Do not manipulate his word to suit your own desires. Do not use his word to suit your own desires or needs. Adjust your thinking to the word. Adjust your life to the word. We have to take the word as a whole. Two or three witnesses together. Not just one scripture out of context. Just because the word says we can pick up vipers and no harm's going to come to us, you do not intentionally go pick up a viper. That's not what Jesus was saying. It's not what he was saying at all. We do not intentionally do something. We do not intentionally sin. We do not intentionally do things to, to test God. Okay? We don't intentionally do something to see if he's going to cover us. That's not faith. That's manipulation. You'll never manipulate God. You're not smart enough. I'm not smart enough. And hopefully I'm not stupid enough. His mercy, his grace, his protection are not permissions for sin. His protection, his mercy, his grace, they are not permissions for intentional sin. They cover us when we make mistakes, yes. But they are not permissions to sin. The third area was idolatry or the fear of God. Matthew 4, 8 through 10. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan. Away from me, Satan, for it is written. Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Only. I'm going to make a big statement here. Any sin in your life is idolatry. Anywhere in our life, anywhere in my life, where I am falling short, where, where there is apparently here in the natural a difference between what's in my life and what's in the word, I'm into idolatry. Okay? I know that's a little hard to stomach, isn't it? Because it gives us responsibility. But Christ makes it clear that we need to fear God and fear God alone. Idolatry in any shape, 
has no place in our lives. And I'm going to explain it to you. Many places, God says, many places, he says, don't serve mammon, right? Don't serve money. When we get concerned about how God is going to provide for us, we're serving mammon, you know, in a, in a physical financial area. He says not to be overly entangled in power, in pride, in prestige, in how others think of you. What's the most important thing? It's how God thinks of you. He always loves you, right? Always. But it's our relationship with him that matters. Not, not laterally. Not what others think. Self-dependence. Self-dependence can be idolatry. You think you're tough? You think you can do it all yourself? Well, huh, you are wrong. You are wrong. God doesn't want you to do it yourself. Self-dependence, independence, dependence on yourself and not the Holy Spirit moving in your, in, in your life. It says, in our weakness, God is strong. We need to come to know our weakness and allow his strength to supersede our weakness. Self-dependence is idolatry. It's where you're putting something before trusting in God. You're trusting in man. You're trusting in yourself. You're trusting in a world system to accomplish things. That's idolatry. Bitterness is idolatry. Because you don't think God can come in and heal that situation. You're looking to people to heal that situation. That's why people become bitter. Because they're looking at some, some, some facet, some person here in this world that maybe did them wrong to come and make it right. Well, that isn't always going to happen. It's not going to happen all the time. Sometimes that person will listen to the Lord and they'll become repentant. And you're, you'll listen to the Lord and you'll become repentant. Maybe you did something wrong in that situation. But bitterness, staying in bitterness, staying in anger is idolatry. You are not trusting God to take care of the situation and to heal your heart. You are looking for people to heal your heart. That's not their job. But God will do it. So any, any of these forms, um, you know, there are a lot more. You can, you can think of something, you know, for yourself. But when we walk in these uh, emotions or whatever you want to call them, when we walk this way, we're not trusting God. We're not believing the blood has taken care of us. We're, not, we're trusting in our own power. We're trusting in man. We're worshiping others' power over our lives more than God's power in, our, in us. That's what's happening. Okay. It's really not believing that he's a good God. That's really what it is. It's not believing in the goodness of God. That he, you know, that he has integrity, that he'll keep his word. It's, it's, it's not believing that he'll keep his word, that he is who he says he is, and he'll do what he says he will do. So, anyway, Jesus withstood all these temptations, okay? In your life, these, these things have already been defeated by the blood, by what Jesus did, okay? 
He's already won the victory for you in every, of the, in every one of these areas. All right. So, Matthew 4, 11. Then the devil left him. This is talking about Jesus. We're going, we're going on. Then the devil left him, and angels came and attended him. You see, God gave him away. Jesus came here as a man. He had to live by the Holy Spirit the same way that you have to live by the Holy Spirit. He walked out of this, these temptations because of the word, because of the spirit, and the angels came. Do you know angels are attending you? Angels are attending you. Angels are attending you. Hallelujah. Angels are all around you. Angels are in this place. They minister according to the word of God. When you speak the word, you dispatch the angels to accomplish the perfect will of God. Perfect. Perfect will of God. Okay. That's all background. <laughs> That's all background for where we're going. Not the angel part. The angels are all here. Mark 1.15. <coughs> the time has come, he said. The kingdom of God is at hand. Beloved, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the good news. So we're going to look. We're gonna, I went to Strong's, of course, and we're going to look individually at each of these words to give you a fuller understanding of what this scripture really is intending for us to know. Time. The fitting season. Time. The fitting season, the set and proper time, the set and proper opportunity. You have an opportunity. Once you become a believer in Christ, you have an opportunity in this world like not, no other. It completely depends on whether you are going to take it. We're all given, as believers in Christ, the same opportunity. Will you believe it? Will you believe it? It means fulfilled in this verse. Fulfilled, satisfied, finished, executed. It has been executed. You are not waiting for some other time. You are not waiting for something to happen in the sweet by and by. You are not waiting to go to heaven and see the fullness of Christ. Christ came to give you fullness here, executed by his blood. Verified. It means verified. The truth. Hallelujah. You see, Jesus ushered something in for us, something miraculous. But we don't need to see it as the miraculous. We need to see it as the here and now for us. 
When we see it as the miraculous, yes, was it a miracle? Yes. But when we constantly use that term, it's like we're pushing it off. It's like something so big that I have to wait for this big event, for something dynamite to happen in in my life. Well, dynamite has already happened in your life. Do we get it? Do we see where we are going? Do we see what we are trying, what we are walking in? Do we see the dispensation, the miracle that's already been given? It's kingdom reality. It is kingdom reality in every believer's life. Will you receive it? Have you received it? Will you take possession? Will you occupy the land? Will you receive the abundant land? Will you receive the double portion? Okay, that was time. Kingdom. The kingdom of God. Strong's defines kingdom. I don't know if you're all going to be able to stay sitting today. Good thing I don't have to sit. Kingdom. It means the royalty, God's sovereignty, God's reign, His reign right here, the kingdom of God in you, the believer, the reign of God, the royalty of God. Are you a kingdom of priests? Are you a kingdom of priests? Yes. Kingdom, it means the rule, the authority, the power of God. The rule, the authority, the power of God in you. The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in the believer. Not a baby spirit. You don't have a baby spirit. Quit thinking that you walk around with some diminished spirit. You have a dominating spirit, a dominion spirit, a kingdom spirit, a blood-bought spirit. No longer the human nature. No longer the human thinking. No longer the human fear. Kingdom, it means the realm, the realm. It says the kingdom of God. Okay, let's put that word realm in there. The realm of God. The realm of God. You know what I would do if if it were me? You know what I would do? I would go and I would find every single scripture that showed me what the realm of God is like. And then say, Lord, I have that now. Thank you. The realm of God. His realm, not this diminished realm down here, not a human realm, not a human realm. Let's, let's, let's remove our spirits from that area. 
Let's get our minds to focus on something higher. The realm, the atmosphere of God, the angelic presence of God. The more than enough, always prevailing, always victorious, all peace, all joy, all love, all the character of God, all the character, his atmosphere. You are walking, receive this, you are walking as a born-again believer who walks in the authority that's been given to him or her. You are walking in the atmosphere of God. That is what has been made available to you. Will you repent, change your thinking, and believe? Woo! I can feel that right there. That is like right there. Do you feel, do you see that? Do you receive that? Are you receiving revelation of that? Are you receiving Holy Spirit anointing for that? To believe for that? The realm of God. The reality, this is, we're back to Strong's. The reality of heaven, God's system of things, his realm here on earth, his awareness his reality. So I looked at all that. Can I just like read one little thing for a minute? Because the Lord put this in my heart when I was contemplating this of what we really have, what we've really been given. Why did Jesus come? What did he give us? What belongs to us? What is our inherited right? The time the opportunity to take, to have, to possess, to occupy the realm of God. The reality of his kingdom, his realm, the atmosphere of heaven, the authority and the power and the presence of God here on earth in my life right now executed. Executed. At hand. Here. Verified. Finished. So what do we do? When we know that's what's been given us, what do we do? We repent and believe. We repent and believe. So, what is repent? Traditionally, it means to turn the other way, to have a change of heart, and that's true. But how do we always think about repent? We think about it predominantly in terms of sin. That's how most believers and most people, I think, think of repent. They think of it in terms of sin. Well, of course it's in terms of sin. 
But it's a whole lot more. It's a whole lot more. So, today we're going to look at repent in a, in, in a new context, in a different context. We're going to flesh out the scriptures. And I don't believe that Jesus right here is just referring to sin. He had just been baptized. He had just been given the anointing of the Holy Spirit. He had gone to the wilderness. He resisted temptation. But it wasn't just turning from sin. He is commanding us here to change our thoughts, to think differently, to reconsider. To reconsider the normal order because Jesus is anything but normal. Well, he should be our normal, shouldn't he? When I say that, I'm talking of in terms of the world. Okay, you get that. He wants us, he is saying to us here, Embrace your new reality. Embrace your new reality, the one that I came to give you. He came to lift you up, beloved, above the snares of this world so that you would walk in a whole new realm, surrounded by the holy angels, living in the atmosphere of heaven, Don't believe that that's too good to be true. It's not too good to be true. It is how he has destined us to walk here on this earth. He wants us to embrace an entirely new atmosphere. He wants us to embrace an entirely new realm. Strong's Concordance says that repent means to change your thoughts, things differently, reconsider. John the Baptist put it this way in 3.2. We read it just a minute ago. Repent for the kingdom of God is near. Think about it. Think about it. Think of what you have in your hand. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the desert. The only way to get out of the desert is to embrace the living water of the Holy Spirit in your life, the only way to get out of the desert is to embrace the new kingdom reality that Jesus Christ came to give you, that he finished, that he executed, that he said is at your hand. Prepare the way for the Lord. This is how we prepare the way for the Lord. We think differently. We reconsider. We change our hearts. We expand to a new thinking. We renew our minds to the word. Prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for him. When we renew our mind, when we circumcise our hearts, when we stand on the word, we are making a straight path for all the glory of God. And when you do that in your life, you're making it available to others. So what are we reconsidering? Religious thinking. Religious traditions. We're rethinking. 
we're reconsidering the law. We are reconsidering the law, and we are accepting a new gospel. A new gospel. Jesus came and fulfilled the law. We are reconsidering the former system. We are reconsidering the traditions of men that have taught us incorrectly. That have made a weak, impoverished Christianity. That have turned humbleness into lack. That's not my reality. It's not Jesus' reality. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He satisfies me with good things. I don't have a poverty mentality in any area. That's idolatry. If you think you have to do less with less than what this gospel has told you in any area of your life, in any area of my life, that's a poverty mentality. It's sin. It's idolatry. You are meant to be victors in Christ. He needs you to be a victor through him so that you can be a witness and a testimony and draw. His loving kindness draws people. When you walk in his victory, his loving kindness will draw people. So we have to reconsider the old, the ways we've been taught. We have to embrace the new. Jesus moved from law to love. Jesus moved from law to love. No force more, no stronger force in all the universe than a person walking in the love of Christ. No stronger force. No force more able to deliver. No force more able to heal. We have moved from law to love. Our new law is the law of love. Matthew 5, 17. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law. He didn't abolish the law. He fulfilled it. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law of the prophets. I have come, not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. What did he do, though? He intertwined love into the law. Why was he always speaking to the Pharisees when they wanted to hold to the letter of the law? Don't heal on the Sabbath. Trying to catch him constantly. And he would always bring us back to love entwined with the law. It's a spirit revelation issue. It's a heart issue. John 13, 34, a new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men, all women, all people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. But you cannot love one another until you know that God loves you. So there is more to the truth than just the law. You see, that's what he was trying to get across to us. There's more to the truth than just the law. 
The true truth comes in the love of Christ. The true truth comes in the love of Christ. Next he goes on, he says, the kingdom of God has come near. That means to bring near, to make near, to approach, to give. It's been given you. It's been given you. Wow. The kingdom of God. It's been given you. If you're a believer in Christ. You think God does without anywhere? Do you? Okay. It is the authority of the believer in Christ. This is the new reality. The authority, your authority, your dominion, your power, your mercy, your grace in Christ, in this world. Walking, walking in the authority that he has given you. Hallelujah. An entirely new order, and we need to embrace it to receive it. It's been given. You have, we have the opportunity. Are we going to change our thinking and believe? That's really what it comes down to. I want to read this verse in the Aramaic in plain English. Because, and I'm also going to read it in Young's. Because those two kind of add a little bit more. After Yoanan, that's John, was delivered up, Yeshua, that's Jesus, came to Galilee and was preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, and he said, time is coming to an end. The kingdom of God has arrived. Beloved, the kingdom of God has arrived. No more delay. It's not something that you're reaching for. It has arrived. It is a big gospel because he needs a big body walking strong for him. And we have to embrace the reality of his kingdom here. Not some future thing that we're all going to realize when we get to heaven. Are we going to learn new things when we get to heaven? Yes, of course. But he wants you to learn them now. He wants you to know about them now. He wants you to walk in him now. How often does he have to say, my kingdom come? Okay? In the Aramaic it says, has arrived. Has arrived. Repent and believe in this good news. This is good news for you, beloved. This is big, bold, powerful, good news in your life. Young's literal. And after the delivering up of John, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the good news of the reign of God. The good news of the reign of God. His realm. And saying, fulfilled Fulfilled. Fulfilled hath been the time. Jesus fulfilled it here and made it available. 
He didn't come fulfill it and then go back to heaven and say, you can't have it now. No, he sent the Holy Spirit. Right? His image. Fulfilled hath been the time. And the reign of God hath come nigh. It's not far away. It's near you. It's in your hand. That's what he's saying here. It's no longer a mystery. The reign of God hath come nigh. Reform ye. Reform. Reform your thoughts. This is not too good to be true. You are meant for dominion living here on this earth. The reign of God hath come nigh. Reform ye and believe in the good news. This is good news. This is big news. There's been a shift. There's been a transition. I receive it. Say, I receive it. I reform my thinking. I receive the fullness of Christ. I walk in the realm of heaven. The atmosphere of God is, oh, I walk in the atmosphere of God. The holy angels are attending me right now. I have no lack. They perform the word in my life. I speak the word and it is done. I am healed. I am prosperous. I am victorious. I am an overcomer. The new order, the new order completing Christ has come. His rule, his power, his authority, his dominion, his absoluteness. There is only one absolute truth. There's one absolute truth. It is the word of God. We can try, people can try, the world can try to get around it, and they only damage themselves. There is one absolute truth. It is the way to victory. It is the way to life. It is the only life. It is the only thing that gives life. It is the word of God. And in your mouth, it is more powerful than anything that will ever come against you. Any temptation, you speak the word. The word tells us that he always gives us a way out of every temptation. We choose the word. Anyway, so after the resurrection, after the resurrection, after Jesus came, he handed us, he, he brought us this new reality, he showed it to us, to live in us. After the resurrection, this new realm is our authority here, here, on earth, in Christ. It is living the resurrected life, the ascended life, the dominion life here on earth. Our authority in Jesus here on earth. It is receiving every promise of God now. Now. It's not just living with God eternally, although that is the most beautiful thing 
yes, of course, we all, when that day comes, we're all just going to be so, it's just going to be wonderful. Yes, it's that. But who wants to live a crummy life down here just to get there? Well, <laughs> excuse me, you don't have to. So don't receive it. Don't listen to the devil. Don't let him whisper in your ear. Don't let him say God isn't true. Don't let him say that dream was nothing. Yeah, I told you to do that, but that dream was nothing. Don't let him say that to you. Don't let the devil talk to you that way. He just wants you to fall short of everything that God has for you anyway. That's his whole goal. Well, you don't have to fall short. No, those dreams are not too big. They're not too good. They're not too grand. They're not too beautiful. They're not too wonderful. Beloved youth, God has a big plan for you. Beloved youth, <laughs> you're all youth. You're all youth to the Lord. God has a big plan for you. Don't believe the lies of the devil trying to make you fall short of that. He has an ordained plan. You're going to reach people when you walk in his plan. For those of you who want to be married, he has a beautiful marriage for you. Don't settle for something less. Don't take the first thing that comes along. You hold out. You get in your heart and your spirit what you want. You tell God what you want. He already knows. But are you going to stand in faith for it? When you come to trouble in your marriage, when you come to trouble in your marriage, are you going to stand for the beauty that God intended? He hasn't changed his mind. He hasn't altered what it looks like from what he's shown us in the word. Well, that was just a side. You can apply that to anything you want in your life. Okay? He has a husband for you. That will live, and I'm not just talking about a new husband, I'm talking in a marriage or those who aren't married. He has a husband for you that will treat you as Christ treats the church. Don't settle for something less than that. You'd be a fool. Don't settle for something less. And when trouble comes in your marriage, hang, marriage, hang on to that. Hang on to that. Mutual honor for one another. Respect. Help. Lifting up. Not bombardment. Not ridicule. Right? Okay. Well, I don't know why I was saying all that. It wasn't in my script, but... <laughs> but it's true. <laughs> 
So anyway, it's not just living with God eternally, okay? We are designed to walk in the atmosphere of God right here. Right here. You can have the atmosphere of God in your marriage. You can have the atmosphere of God in your relationships. Acts 10.37 You know what has happened throughout the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John's preached. That's what we're talking about here today, right? God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. The Holy Spirit and power. And how he went around doing good and healing all. Healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. God is with you. God is with you. All the power of the devil must bow to the healing power of God. All power of the devil, all oppression, all depression, all negativity, all skepticism, all unforgiveness. It must bow to the power and authority of Jesus Christ our Lord. Come to earth, his kingdom here, the atmosphere of God in your life today. The end of the power of the devil came when the blood of Jesus got poured out for you. And he showed us that before he left us by the way he walked here on earth. So you could believe it. Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us in the believer. God needs us. He needs you. How many times do you hear people say that God does not need you? Wrong. He needs you. What does he need you to do? He needs you to walk in a complete revelation of what he's done for you. He needs you to do this. He needs you to believe it. He needs you to know who you are. He needs you to know who, you who he created you to be. He needs you to do this. Are you going to do it for him? Are you going to do it for him? Are you going to put the skepticism behind? Are you going to put the low thinking underneath you? Will you ascend into the heavenly realms? Will you receive the atmosphere of heaven? Will you believe the angels are at your dispatch? They are ministering for those who are the heirs of salvation. He needs you. He needs you to get a complete revelation of the pleasant aroma that you are in this world. 
Do you know you're a pleasant aroma? Do you know that about yourself? Do you know that you are a pleasant aroma? Would you please stop listening to the devil lie to you to tell you that you're less than that? Could you please stop it? Could you please stop looking at every single mistake you've made and say, I can no longer be a pleasant aroma? He turns our ashes into beauty in my book, right? You have to be this pleasant aroma of his goodness to all the world. You have to witness it first in your own life. You have to receive it. I have to receive it in my own life first by understanding how much he loves us. And then we allow that aroma No more delay. I'm not interested in delay anymore, folks. Are you? We need to get that out of our spirits. It is time to possess and occupy the land. It is time to possess and occupy the land. The Spirit of God wants you to possess and occupy his land here his land here. Christ gave it to us. We must possess what Christ has given. Not to do so is blasphemy. It is distrust. It is throwing away the greatest gift ever given. We must possess what Christ has done for us. We must occupy the realm of heaven here on earth. We must walk in his power and dominion. We must occupy the realm of heaven, the atmosphere of God here on earth. So I was reading somewhere. Does anyone know? <laughs> okay. Oh, I want to read Acts, the same verse that we just read. I want to read it again in the Aramaic in plain English. Acts 10, 37 and 38. You also are aware of the word that has come. That's Jesus, the truth, the way, the life. To all Judea, which went out from Galilee after the baptism of Johanan, that's John, preached, about Yeshua, that's Jesus, who was from Nazareth, whom God anointed with the spirit of holiness and with power. That's what's been given to you when you are a believer in Christ. The spirit of holiness and power. Everything you need to walk according to his plan, his word, his will, his perfection. You are made perfect by the blood, not by your own human strengths or weaknesses. anointed with the spirit of holiness and with power, and he was traveling and healing those, I love this term, injured by the evil one. Any place in your life that doesn't line up, from, up with the word is an injury from the evil one. It was never intended for you. 
Is that a big enough gospel for you? It is an injury from the evil one for whatever means. That's not important right now for what we're talking about right now. It is an injury from the evil one, and it was not intended for you. It's been redeemed. You come back to him, and he has healing. You think this way, he has healing. You receive the Holy Spirit revelation of what he did, and you are healed. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I command every injury of the evil one, emotional, in your mind, spirit, your will, I command those injuries to be healed in Jesus' name. The oil of anointing poured over that area in your life to bring peace and joy and restoration and healing. The evil that Satan had intended does not belong to you. The peace and the presence of God filling you up and restoring your emotions. Restoration of every emotional bondage. Restoration from every oppression of the evil one. If you are oppressed in every area, it is the evil one lying to you. It is not the joy and the splendor and the glory that God has for you. He has created you. He has destined you to walk in his glory. I speak the peace of God into that area of your life right now. Never again to receive the lies of the evil one, the injury of the evil one. Healed and made whole, restored, blessed. In the name of Jesus. And he was traveling. And healing those injured by the evil one. Because God was with him. God is with you. God is with you. He's for you. He loves you. You're precious in his sight. God has come to bring restoration. The fullness of Christ in every area of our lives. In Young's, it says, You have known the word that came throughout all Judea, having begun from Galilee after the baptism that John preached, Jesus, who is from Nazareth, how God did anoint him with the Holy Spirit and power, who went through doing good and healing all those oppressed by the devil because God was with him. Be healed now in Jesus' name. Take your healing now in Jesus' name. God is all good. 
He has given you the glory that he gave Jesus. So, let's see what happened after Jesus called for this type of repentance, this repent and believe the good news. Repent and believe the new gospel. The gospel of Jesus. Repentance to change our thinking. Repentance to reconsider, to think of things differently than what we've thought before. To connect to the realm of heaven. This is about connecting to what God has done for you. This is like, this is in the vine, in the vine. Right? Abiding in what he has given us. Embracing the new kingdom of God here on earth. Embracing the new order. The realm of God intended for us here. Handed to us here. The atmosphere of God and heaven. Our authority, our rule, our dominion. The absoluteness of God here through Christ. Mark 1.17. So this happened just after all this other, what he's talking about. It says, Jesus told Peter and Andrew, come follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. At that point, they had to leave everything they knew. They were fishers of fish. Right? And he's saying this new reality makes you fishers of men. I fish for you. This new reality makes you fishers of men. They had to rethink their entire purpose. They had to rethink everything they were doing. They had to shift. This is a total shift. They were no longer going to be functioning in just the carnal world. This was a kingdom reality shift. They had to understand their authority. They had to walk in it. They had to be teachable. They had to be taught. They had to renew their minds to the spirit realm, to the dominion of Christ. What did he say in Genesis? Take dominion. The dominion, we walk in the dominion of all that Christ has given us. And we, we, we transform ourselves by renewing our spirits to the word. Right? This was a new mission and new power. It was one thing to be fishermen of fish, but a whole other thing to go and be fisher, fishers of men. So that people could be healed and helped and prospered and made whole. Scripture says, at once. At once. They didn't delay. Okay? And I'm not just talking about like at once they went and did something. At once they have to receive. At once they have to accept the revelation. See that? At once they have to receive what God has done in their spirits, in their in, in knowing. At once. They left their nets and followed Jesus. Beloved, this is, accept, this is really truly what it means to accept Jesus Christ as Lord in our lives. We accept him as Lord. We accept him as Savior. 
right? We become believers. But truly accepting him as Lord, if you really want to stop and think about it, which we do, truly accepting him as Lord is, re- is, ex- is changing, is accepting what he has really done. I don't mean to belabor this point, but I think we really need to get it because we live in so much of the world. Not, not you people here at RCC. I know you have a different awareness. But the world is constantly bombarding you to think differently, to think lower, to accept the low road. You see, we don't have to. We aren't intended to. God didn't mean us to. And this is not, this is not arrogance. This is knowing who you are, what Christ has given you. It's knowing who you are in Christ so you, that you can do what he wants you to do here on this earth so that you can walk in his power and dominion and affect people for good. Okay? This isn't an arrogant thing. And truly accepting Christ as Lord is believing and accepting and walking in the entire package that he gave us. His rule, his reign, his realm, the completeness of Christ. Colossians 2.10. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. Do you get that? This is not something that you are waiting for. In Christ, you have been brought to fullness. The devil wants you to receive the lie that there's a whole lot you got to do to receive this. No. The Holy Spirit is with you. It isn't just part of a Holy Spirit. It isn't just a little bit of a Holy Spirit. It's Holy Spirit in power and truth. He is the Spirit of truth. You receive the Spirit of truth. You receive the fullness of Christ. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. If there is something in our lives that doesn't match up with the word, make Jesus Lord. Make him Lord in that area. Get rid of the idolatry that we were talking about before. Receive the fullness of Christ in that area. John 5, 25. I tell you the truth. This is Jesus talking. A time is coming and has now come. And has now come. You see the lawyer in me? I gotta like dissect every single word. Hope it's not too tedious for you guys. But you know, it's written for a reason. And we want to get the fullness of what Jesus is saying to us. I tell you the truth, the time is coming and has now come. Whoa, this is so powerful. When the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and who and those who hear will live. Oh, beloved, 
Yes, this is talking about him coming and we're going to be with him someday, but it is talking about so much more than just that. I shouldn't use the word just because that's wonderful and beautiful and splendorous and all these things that we, we can't even describe it. But this is talking also about the fact that if we will hear the voice of God now, we will be raised from our dead states into the living hope that he came to give us. If we hear, if we hear, receive in our spirits the glory, the dominion, the power, the authority, the love, the mercy, the grace, we will be raised from the grave of death of this carnal, awful world. Worldly living is what I'm saying. Not that the people are awful. I don't mean it that way. But we will be raised from that death into the living mercies of a loving God, a healing God, a providing God. The atmosphere of heaven existent in our lives. We will no longer be dead to the awareness of what he's done for us. We will no longer hear the voice of the Lord, beloved. There's no need for anyone to sit in the death of unawareness of what Christ has done. His blood was poured out he was resurrected. He sits at the right hand of the Father, ever interceding for you. The perfect will of God. He has dispensed the Holy Spirit unto us to give us all wisdom, revelation, the spirit of truth, the power of the living God, the living water of God flowing out of our bellies. He has made the reality of heaven a reality here. This is a here and now gospel. We must hear the truth of his precious voice singing over us and speaking to us and drawing us into the fullness of Christ in the here and now. This is not a gospel of lack. It is a gospel of the fullness of everything that God has in heaven here on earth. He is not suffering from any lack in heaven. And you are not intended to suffer lack here. And I'm not trying to make this a material lesson. This is not a materialistic lesson. This is walking in the glory of God. This is walking enveloped in his presence. This is walking with angels surrounding us that I say be healed and you are healed because the angels take his word and minister his word. This is all the power of God resident in our lives. This is all the glory, all the power, all the magnificence, all the splendor of God 
filling us up to overflowing. We are walking in the overflow. I am walking in the overflow. I walk into a room and demons tremble. I walk into a room and demons flee. I walk into a room and healing comes because the angels of God are dispatched. The presence of God goes all before and around us. Each one of you, you walk into a room and the demons know who you are. And they say, I'm not messing with the Spirit of God. You walk into a room and the wholeness of God, the wholeness of God, the fullness of Christ, goes before you and touches people. This is not something that is far off. The kingdom of God is at hand. The realm and the glory of God here, now. I tell you the truth. A time is coming and has now come when the dead, those suffering under the power of the evil one, will hear the voice of the Son of God. The voice of the Son of God. The voice of the Son of God. And those who hear will live. I speak life. I speak life, that our hearts will hear the voice of the Son of God and embrace the fullness, that anyone out there listening, hear the voice of God unto you. If you're not saved, come unto him and say, Lord, Jesus, I make you the Lord of my life. And you will hear his voice speaking to you, telling you this is the way, walk in it. He brings life, he brings victory. He forgives you of your sins. Come to him, repent, change your believing. Accept the gospel of the loving Jesus Christ and walk into a new reality, a new atmosphere where God's goodness is poured out into your life. He is all good and nothing but good in Jesus' name. So anyway, after Jesus talked to Andrew and Peter, then he talked to James and John and he told them the same way, come, same thing come and follow me, I'm going to make you fishers of men and the goal, the goal was th for them to walk in the dominion and the authority that he had brought so, so where else do, I'm just going to give you a couple more scriptures can you, can you hang in there with me for just a little bit longer is that okay? okay, because you know we always, I want to give you more than just a couple scriptures because we want to soak the whole word in and, and we want to have more than one witness so that we can see it as truth. Okay? So where else do I get this talk about rule and reign and dominion and authority and all that? Okay? And, and all those definitions I gave you before too. In Mark 1, 21 through 22, oh, actually through 27, it says, they went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. 